Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I am David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald, who uh, got to cover a game last night. I know. Normally we'd be doing this in the press box, uh, sitting next to each other, but uh, the with all the COVID restrictions, we had to hold off until uh, this morning. Um, so we've actually had time to like digest what we saw last night. Um, mostly it was, it was uh, I, I, honestly, I wrote it was kind of a boring game, but um, mm-hmm. but yep. you saw the flashes of why this team can be exciting. Like Derek King is, is even if he's not going to be great, he's going to be fun. Like he's gonna, he's gonna be fun. I mean, he had, I, I think that one scramble he had that, that should have been a sack, and he spun out of it, switched the field, and, and I think picked up like oh, yeah. twenty five yards. Like that was a play that would have been like the most exciting play we saw all of last year, and and it happened in like the third quarter of the first <laughs> game. That's true. He, I think he's, I think he's gonna be really, really good. I think he is really, really good. Yeah. I, and I, I think uh, the first game of the season is always, um, you know, you always go into it, you're so psyched and you can't believe it, football's back, and you're always kind of expecting something great, and a lot of times, I mean, you know, I know Manny Diaz said he he was pretty much happy with most of the tackling, except some in the open field, but usually there's a lot of, uh, Mm -hmm. a a lot of polishing up, a lot of improving after the first game, and I, I think it's the same with Derek King playing with a whole new team, and um, I, I, I just think he's really good. He's, I think that you feel very secure, or I feel secure. Um, I can tell by my gut the feeling when he gets the ball, when he, you know, when when he gets the ball for, before a play, you don't feel like he's going to fumble it or or even throw an interception. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's kind of one of the things for all he is great at, like the, the dual threat stuff. You know, obviously he ran and threw for a touchdown last night. It's 16 straight games with both, I think, right? An, an FBS record, broke Tim Tebow's record. Um, yep. He already had the – it's not like he set that record going into last night, but he continued his record. Um, but honestly, like kind of the most impressive thing about him is he's always taken really good care of the ball. Um, you know, last year – he uh, he didn't play very. He played four games last year, six touchdowns, two interceptions. As a freshman, uh, he was mostly a runner that year. Uh, had seven touchdown passes, two interceptions. But his year that like you look at as the year that that it's the season that gets you excited is that uh, 2018 junior season when he threw for almost 3,000 yards, ran for um, uh, 600, 700 yards, something like that. And he threw for 36 touchdowns and six interceptions. Like, that is – it's a huge difference from what we have seen the last couple of years with um, some of the turnover issues on offense. Like, that yes, is at it, least going to be fixed. Yes. And he he just seems very calm and, um, you know, on the field. You get, the, you get that sense that he's, he's not panicking at all. He's not panicking. Even when he's doing that little twist and turn and – those great acrobatic moves. I love it. It's so fun to watch. Um, he's, 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 he's like calm about it. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. a routine play, but it seems routine for him. So, uh, I, I, David, I think he's going to get, I think 
he's going to sync with this offense more and more and get and, and get better. And uh, that's the optimist, op, you know. Yeah. That's my optimism right now after the first game. Yeah, I mean, you already, just from one game, you feel pretty comfortable saying he's the best quarterback they've had since Brad Kaya, which is, we all kind of knew, you know, kind of oh, thought that yeah. was going to be the case, but, like, I think one game was enough to just prove that. No doubt. Which, uh, yeah. which means, Absolutely. I mean, it's already a step forward for the offense. Like, it, it seems so mature. Yeah. You know, yeah, it just... Uh, he really, they're always talking about leaders and leader this and leader that. He really seems like a leader, which is nice. Uh, and, like, he's not going to do something dumb off the field either, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and, which, I mean, yeah. you can just see the way, you know, because we can watch a guy talk and see he's mature and all that and, and say, you know, it seems like he's a good leader. And you can even hear the coaches kind of say it. And, you know, there there's certain types of players that coaches like, obviously. Um, but I think the way the way his teammates talked about him last night yeah, and throughout training camp, but really last night, um, I think like just proves that you know he pretty much everyone who talked after the game last night got asked about Derek King, and you could see in a certain world um, players getting annoyed by that. You're like you know what, uh, like even defensive players getting asked about him, like you know what what do we care about Derek? We, you know we are we're worried about what we do on our side of the ball, but everyone was excited, just excited to watch him play last night, um, and that is kind of the mark of a, a guy who is a leader in, in the sense that, you know, everyone kind of rallies around him, wants to play for him. Like, that, it's all the stuff we kind of thought was going to be the case coming in with him. Um, and sort of that, you know, the running yeah. and, the, and the leadership, I think, played itself out last night. Yeah, no, absolutely, no doubt. Um, now there what, were, there were, what? I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to ask you what... In the, if we're talking about the offense, let's keep on the offense. What, what for you was a little, uh, I don't know, what didn't, what did not overwhelm you, like about the offense? What, well, I think there was a chance that we watched that game last night and the offense just looked incredible. Like that was always going to be a possibility, right? That they were going to, and they still put up like 500 yards of offense. Like I don't want, you know, they were really good last night offensively. But there was a chance that we were going to see this like totally wide open um, passing attack that created a ton of big plays through the air, right. and we were going to be like, "Oh my God, they might have like the third, second, or third best offense in the ACC." And you know, if, if we had seen that against a good UAB team, we would have been like, "Wow, this team could go to the ACC championship." We didn't necessarily see that last night. We saw a really impressive offense, but we saw, it, I mean, they ran the ball a ton and. I think they, were, you know, we knew they were going to be pretty run heavy, considering Derek is a, I think, clearly better as a runner than a passer, and considering Cam Harris is probably like the top non-tight end skill guy, and we'd heard all the hype about the freshman running backs, which which seems to be, you know, they they lived up to the hype last night. Um, so we knew they were going to run it a lot, but I think even I think after the game, Derek was even like, we we didn't think we were going to run that much. There was they kind of played into what the defense did, so. I think the passing game definitely left stuff to be desired. Um, you know, not that it was bad. Derek was 15 for 23, 141 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. He was, you think, really good in the second half passing. But, you know, he missed a couple of deep balls that he had, you know, that could have kind of broken the game open earlier. 
Uh, he missed it. Right. He missed Jeremiah Payton on a wide open uh, touchdown uh, in the first half. Like there, there were definitely those kinks in the passing game that like this team is going to be really good because it can run the ball and it can make plays through the passing game. It's not going to be this like Big Twelve looking spread offense. I, I don't think. No, I, I mean I agree, and I, it's interesting because that you know. You know, his 15 of 23 passes was for 65%, 65 Uh 65.2% completion, which is great. Um, But, I mean, and again, I I do think he's going to get better. I think he's he's the type of guy who's going to look at those over and over and over, and they're going to find a way to improve that and make it work. But you do kind of wish that, you know, every now and then, he hits one of those deep balls, like yeah. you know, one of those you know, to a quick Harley or a Pope or whatever. Yeah, I think he had at least two overthrows on deep balls and then the miss to Peyton. And, you know, if you connect on two of the three or even one of three, you know, that's basically an extra seven points or 14 points if you hit on two of the three. I don't remember what happened on that Peyton drive. If that was a field goal or they got a touchdown there. Um, but, you know, those are, those are potential game-flipping plays, and that's what's going to elevate this offense – you know, with King, they're already going to be, I think, good on offense. Like, they're going to go from being horrible on offense last year to at least above average. If they can, like, kind of spread things out in the passing game a little bit more, um, then they go to potentially being a great offense. Yeah, but it, thankfully, again, I, I, in the year, the previous years, we saw way too many balls that were receivers had to go back for. Yeah. You know, that weren't thrown deep enough, um, just uh, nerve-wracking, you know? The ball's released, and you're like, go, go, more, like, air, air, push it. But I, but it seems like Derek King, at least the ball, better to overthrow. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I can't remember a single underthrow he had last night. I think all of his misses yeah. were either overthrows or drops or just, like, you know, balls that went wide or something, you know, they, there were not any of those balls that, I, I don't remember a single throw we had last night where I was like, uh-oh, that's, that's picked off. Yeah, exactly. It's just so true. Yeah. Um, and they have, and UAB has a really good pass defense too. So, um, that, that's kind of their strength. Uh, they're a good defensive team just period, but their strength is on in the passing pass defense. So, you know, that was definitely a good sign. And I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, it's one game, obviously, after this bizarre offseason. It was also the one non-conference game. I, I think Miami could potentially look a lot different offensively um, next Saturday against Louisville. Like, there's the question of how much was, you know, they, they were basically like, the fourth quarter was totally irrelevant. Both teams were basically just trying to run out the clock with Miami up right. 17. Um, you know, Nikosi Perry got in for the last series or two. Um, you know, they they were not they were clearly not showing everything. I, I don't think the Eric King kept it once on a uh, a read option. Um, you know, maybe you know it's it's hard to tell from our vantage point of whether you know maybe the read was always to give the ball. But I have to think that there was at least one time where maybe against Clemson, Derek's keeping that ball and trying to make a a big play going the other way. Like I don't think we saw the whole package from Miami and. You know, part of that's obviously because I'm sure they're still breaking in the full offense, um, considering they didn't have spring ball. But also, like, I, I think they were playing it pretty safe, particularly once they got up uh, 17. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
was good right they gave up 14 points and one of those was on a short field like I know that there was no kind of like big plays they only had one sack they only didn't have any takeaways but like you know the defense is is I think there's a floor to a Miami defense right now given like just the the basic scheme that Manny puts out there the way they recruit and they're going to hit that floor where they're at least going to be one of the you know they're going to be like a Top 30 defense, no matter what, basically, it feels like. Um, so that was encouraging. They, they made all their kicks, right? That was. Yeah. <laughs> they went out for yeah. a field goal, and it was like. Uh, did you, when when Borgalis went out, you know, extra points, I'm not thinking about it at all, but uh, they did kick a field goal. What were you thinking when he went out to kick? Were you having, like, PTSD totally flashbacks? Kind of like, yeah, calm, like the same feeling I had oh, when, okay. when he dropped back. Like, I, you know, I was totally calm that he was going to make it and then uh, almost excited that I didn't have to every time think, ugh, I'm going to have to write about missed field goals, yeah. missed extra points, by the way. I mean, that, seriously. Yeah. Think about last yeah, year yeah, yeah. when they had various field goal kicker, I mean, place kickers, they would miss, they missed two extra points last year. I, I mean, I mean, the kickoffs were beautiful. Jose Borgales. Yeah, you know, they were all the touchbacks. Yep. I never I had I had that calm feeling like, okay, this is going through the uprights. I'll Every say, time okay. And what a nice and Lou Headley, the punter. Yeah, he was oh great last God. night. I don't know what his oh, average was, he, but he had a couple over fifty, I think. Like he's gonna be high forties, it seems like this year. I will say like on the fifty five years. On that first Borgales kick, I did have like a little bit of like, what if he misses? Like, what if we have to go through this whole thing again? What if it's just like a Miami curse thing at this point? Um, but I, no- I, 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 yeah, I wonder about the curse thing too a little, but that that not for long. But now, yeah, now that he made it, I'll, I'll feel good. I mean, I I think it's also worth noting, like, if Miami that game, the way that game played out last night, where Miami's up fourteen seven at halftime, probably should have been up more, you know. Offense was sputtering a little bit. Uh, UAB got its seven points off of a um, special teams miscue when when Mark Pope fumbled the ball. Um, just if you if you drop Miami's team from last year to play the second half, I think they probably lose that game, <laughs> right? Like it, it kind of felt like a game from last year, or at least it goes down to the wire, and, and they need you know oh, a stop yeah. at the oh, end. No or a last-second field goal or something. Um, the way that they responded in the second half, and they had two drives in the third quarter that basically sealed the game. Um, UAB had just cut it to 17-14. Um, and then Miami comes out a 7-play 71-yard drive, follow it with a 7-play 75-yard drive. They cruised through the end of the third quarter um, and basically put the game away. And... You know, those are two of the best drives we've seen from a, a Miami team in a, in a long time. And, and like I said, I, last year I think we would have been worrying about the final score deep into the fourth quarter. Um, this team, you know, it's one game. It's UAB, who is good. I, I want to keep saying that UAB is good. Um, but it's one game. It's, you know, a non-conference game to open the season. But but it does, you know, there, there are certain aspects of this team that definitely feel different than in years past, even if maybe the talent isn't like significantly better than recent years or, um, 
you know, the the final numbers are, you know, the, you know, 15 for 23, 141 yards passing is good, but not like overwhelmingly impressive. Um, it, just the way they can kind of manage the game feels, you know, much better than a year ago. Yes. I, you know, the, all, the only time that I, I felt uh, that feeling like uh, something bad's going to happen um, I, I, I hate to say this, but I it was the punting returns, the punt returns. Um, yeah. After Mark Pope, I, I don't know. I right from the beginning, and I I told probably told you, and I've, I've told people that uh, I, you know, KJ Osborne last year led the ACC yeah. in punt return, and you know he's in the NFL now, and. Um, you forget about that. You mm-hmm. know, he was so uh, dependable. You knew he was not going to screw up. Smart, smart. You got to be really, I think it helps to be really smart um, in the special teams, in the return game. Um, and I was, I, I just, I wasn't sure, you know, Mar- how Mark was going to do. And then he fumbled the first ball, first punt return. Yep. And I, Oh my God! Now he's gonna because they talk about him in confidence a lot. Mm-hmm. He needs confidence, you know what I mean? Last year he was he was insecure, and now he's feeling better about himself. And I thought, oh oh boy, yeah. when that happened, and they loved him. I know. I think Gervin Hall. Yeah, so Pope, Pope ended up getting a couple more. He actually looked, I think, pretty decent back there the rest of the game. He had a twenty-yard return in the third or fourth quarter. Um, yep. I think to set up a touchdown drive, um, and then, but he's they did. You talk about Derek King. I mean, Mark Pope is fun to watch. He's really fast. Yeah. I just worry a little. If I'm a, like, I you just worry a little bit that he's unlike Derek King. Okay, that he's going to try to do something yeah. that he probably shouldn't try doing. Let's say in a situation. And cough up the ball. Yeah, I, so, this is good. I have. So you said they, they went with Gervin Hall back there a couple times also. I, I don't know this for sure. Um, I'd have to like kind of go back and look. But it seems like to me their solution back there might be you put Mark Pope as the return man when you know like there's going to be, you know, when it's that distance where the punter's just trying to kick it as far as he can and, and lets you kind of have the return. Um, yep. And Gervin Hall, I think they – it seemed like they like him a little bit more as the shorthanded guy, like when they're trying to pin Miami back inside the 10, you know, and it's, they're trying to go for like that 38, 42 yard punt to pin Miami where there's not going to be a return. It seems like Gervin Hall might be the guy. I mean, we'll see, obviously it's, it's one game, but um, I think, I think it seems like they're going to use both of those guys back there. And that's probably the best solution because Pope is the guy who can break a game open um, but but Gervin clearly looked more shorthanded back there. Yeah, and maybe they're going to say just call a fair catch every time. Yeah, <laughs> that's possible. The running game is obviously was the big storyline last night. Um, Cam Harris was the center of it, but what did you think of the two freshmen running back? I mean, we we we'd heard all the hype. We'd heard all the hype. Jalen Knight and. Uh, Donald Cheney Jr. Um, yep. I was surprised how much they were out there, honestly. What did you think? I was... Uh, I was... 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A little surprised, but very happy because I think it's a, a very good move. They know what they know what Cam Harris can do, okay, and um, how he can break it open, you know, really easily. And I think it was really important to give those guys a lot of touches. Um, because like I always say, people, running backs get injured all the time yeah. and they, they, this gave them a certain comfort level. Manny Diaz kept talking about how with running backs, young running backs, you just got to let them do it to get them into the game. Mm-hmm. I love that they, you know, that they split it evenly, that Jalen got nine carries and Don Chaney Jr. got eight carries and they almost had, it was really interesting, like exact, like Knighton averaged 6.6 yards a carry and Cheney averaged yeah. 6.5. It was so similar. It keeps the guys hungry, but it also keeps them kind of as a unit close to each other, you know, happy for each other. I don't know. I just, uh, you know, even Robert Burns. Yeah, he got in there at the end. I mean, yeah, and I'm glad. He's, competent. he's a yeah. big guy, smart guy. Um, so I thought that was good. I think Rhett Lashley is, is, is a pretty smart man, you know? Yeah. So two things, I want to follow up on that Rhett Lashley point you just made. But first, the running backs, it's kind of crazy that you know, Cam Harris had a 66-yard touchdown run, and it was probably like the fourth most impressive run of the night. Like behind the Derek King, that one scramble he had. Knighton had right. that 25-yard run uh, where he kind of spun out of a tackle. Um, and Chaney had a 33-yard run where he kind of like ran through some guys. That was really impressive, too. I like that the right. three running backs, they do, it's kind of a cliche, but they they kind of have like that thunder, lightning, and whatever. I don't know what the third element would be. Um, where Cam Harris, you know, is he's obviously the veteran guy. He came in as kind of a smaller looking scat back, but has turned into like really a bowling ball type guy um, who, you know, he looks like an every down running back now, even if he's maybe a couple inches shorter. Um, yeah. Then Knighton is, I think Knighton one day, could get to that kind of build, but right now he's kind of like the smaller, uh, quicker looking, you know, he's in there on third downs. He's got that, that true kind of like lightning, that, that quickness burst to him. And then Chaney, I mean, Chaney already looks like a, like a junior out there the way he, you know, he's, he's a little bit taller, I think. Um, and just like a little bit more physically built and you saw it, um, you know, his run was, was a lot of running through guys, knocking guys over. Um, they really complement each other. Well, and it's kind of interesting. This is I wanted to follow up on that what you, the point you made about Rhett Lashley being really smart. Um, I, I wish I remember who I saw tweet this. It was and some SEC. Uh, it might have been uh, Bill Connolly, who you know is a national college football guy um, for ESPN now, I think. Um, and he mentioned that you know he's from the Gus Malzahn coaching tree, obviously. And the philosophy there is kind of just find something that works and keep doing it. Um, right. Especially at a, against a team like UAB, where you can, you know, you have the talent edge, and that's really what Miami wound up doing last night. Like we heard all through the preseason, talking about how the spread was going to make more touches for everyone. You know, it was really kind of a conversation with the wide receivers, more balls to go around. Um, True. They're going to play yeah. more guys. 
We didn't necessarily see that so much in the passing game, but still, Miami ran 78 plays last night, which is like, I think, like 15 more than they averaged per game last year. And it really meant they were spreading the ball around in the running back room. 17 carries for Cam Harris, 12 for Derek King, 9 for Knight, and 8 for Cheney. Um, they were spreading it around there, and I think Miami knows it's going to be really good in the running game this year. They're going to run it a lot. Next year, they might be really good in the passing game, and they're going to pass it more. Um, but right now, it really seems like they trust that running back room to a degree that I, it seems like they trust it more than probably the wide receivers group, which is probably fair considering what Cam, uh, you know, his track record. And they, they really seem to be blown away by these two freshman running backs. Yeah, I, I mean, that yeah, they're gonna be, that's going to be such a difference for this team. Uh, yeah, and I love that. I mean, running, you know, the running game is just, it's just so important. And, um, and then they can kind of pick and choose their spots for the passing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it seems safer to run. Yeah. Uh, and, um, especially when you have a lot of talent, um, you know, I know it's it's really fun to watch when there's a great, you know, a great pass and a great. I mean, I, I think that will come too. I think yeah. that's probably the chemistry is right. You have to have the chemistry between the quarterback and um, and the receiver, and I think that's going to happen. I I think Mike Harley probably wants that ball badly because this this is last year. Yeah, I mean, he had a I couple think, deep shots. He was the guy that King really missed, I think, twice on on those deep balls. Like he's beating guys. He looks fast. Yeah, I agree. Dee Wiggins, I think, is uh, is really good. Um, I know he had he had three catches for twenty five yards, mm-hmm. but he's a big body and he's very talented. Yeah. And uh, and he can accelerate. Um, I think Brevin Jordan, um, who I know is tight end, but um, he was really kept... playing wide receiver last night. Honestly, like he was out in the slot. Pretty much every time I was looking for him, he was in the slot. And we kept talking in preseason about Will Mallory, mm-hmm. uh, but he didn't. He didn't have any yeah, very catches. Quiet. And mm-hmm. he was. I mean, Brevin Jordan just is. He wants it. He wants it. Give me the ball. Yeah. You know, you tell he, whatever. He might be a goofball in a in a in a very nice way. I, you know, in a good way, um, but kind of off the field, very charismatic, um, very friendly. Yeah. But he's uh, and he he wants that ball. Don't you get that sense? Yeah. Like he's like I, he's going to catch it. He's going to extend his arm a million feet if he has to to yeah. catch a ball and just feel like that yeah they got him going in the second half and you could tell that was kind of like a concerted effort I think I think they only well actually in the first half honestly the most impressive throw that Derek made all game was um in I think it was in the second quarter where he had to roll to his right or to his left to avoid some pressure and threaded through a bunch yep. of defenders and Brevin dropped it um but yeah oh that he did have a good one, too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He rolled to his left. I think he maybe threw to Wiggins on that one. Um, it was Wiggins. No, no, but the, and that was the reception. Yes, that one was a reception. And he scrambled. I mean, he, he, he I, they were after him. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the elephant in the room, right, is that the offensive line was – they were all praising them after the game. And, and obviously, you know, it seems like they run blocked pretty well considering uh, Miami ran for uh, – 
six and a half yards of carry um, and had some big runs. Um, but the pass blocking was still, I think, an issue. But Derek makes up for a lot of those issues, right? Like, oh, he, God. He oh, escaped yeah. two or three because... sacks and turned one into a 31-yard run. And like you said, he turned that one into a complete uh, first down completion. Um, but he's going to cover up a lot of the issues. But it doesn't mean that those issues are not still there. Especially, I mean, he, he's noticeably small. I will say that. Um, but, you know, when he was in high school or whatever, like, you 5'10 quarterbacks kill it. Like, we're, we're going to see 2-2 Atwell this weekend, um, uh, Louisville wide receiver from Miami Northwestern, who was a quarterback at Miami Northwestern and, like, I don't know, one of the best quarterbacks to come through South Florida as, as far as, like, a high school player in a long time. Um, and I have to imagine Derek King was, was pretty similar to him. Just the way that right. he was—he's—he's—he's he's, he's shifty. I mean, he—that is—he lived up. Honestly, he kind of exceeded my expectations um, as a runner because they were not doing a whole lot of designed runs for him, and he still managed to run for 83 yards. Like, and he's—he's he's fast, right? Yeah. I mean, he's fast. Yeah, I mean, every time he kind of gets through to that second level, you kind of think there's a decent chance he's getting all the way through because he can yeah, make guys one, miss. Uh, you know, where he twists one way, then twists the other way, whatever. Uh, he, he almost, he almost got past the last guy. Yeah, he had one guy to beat, pretty much, and yeah, and he, great. He kind of felt like he was going to beat him. It was funny because our photographer Al Diaz, who takes such beautiful pictures, I talked to him after the game, and he said that Dr. King was driving him crazy because he said no matter what I did, he just wouldn't stay still. Yeah, he kept moving and. And it was very hard to get a picture of him. So that's kind of that's kind of the story. Yeah. Um, I guess just overall, what were your thoughts? You touched on it a couple of times. You said you think Rhett Lashley is really smart. Like, I don't want to ask you to grade him, but like, what, what do you think of his performance last night? It seems, you know, people I think expected, like we were, like we've been saying, they kind of expected like this flashy Big Twelve looking. Spread passing attack. It was not exactly that, but I was still pretty impressed. I was impressed. I think he was conservative. Yeah. And and I think actually for the first game and against UAB, I think that was that was smart. Um. And you know we have to, we have to see from here once they get into the ACC play. Yeah. Um. And I, you know, I I think all the other t- it's. I kept thinking all everybody, all the other teams in the country were probably, or a lot of them had that game on because there was nothing else on. Yep. And they were probably thinking, ah, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure about, you know, about Miami. You know, Miami can't put away whatever. But I don't know if that's what they were thinking. But uh, I don't know. I think it, I think Lashley was conservative and probably needed to be conservative. Yeah. As far as that. Yeah, they covered, uh, they, right? What was the line? Like 14 and a half or something? They covered. Wow, that was a miracle. I think it was 14 or might have been 
when I looked last, it was 14. It might, yeah. it might have gone to 14 and a half. Uh-huh. But they covered, and they, they never covered last year, <laughs> let yeah. alone one. Yeah. Well, um, I mentioned the way that they kind of just stuck with what works. That is kind of the biggest distinct difference, I think, from watching this offense this year compared to Danny Enos's offense last year. And Danny's offense last year could be kind of like fun to watch because they were doing so many different weird things, you know, like it wasn't working a lot, but he was being really creative. They were running a lot of different packages. Um, that's, that's the difference. And then we've heard all about the simplicity, like we're going to keep it simple. You could really feel that on display last night where, you know, there were Dan Enos, the, the offense was terrible in the in the red zone last year and on third downs, and it felt like they were always trying to get too cute on third down. You know, I think everyone, the, the play that I think of is the Brevin Jordan jet thing. sweep they ran in on the goal line, which is, like, in theory, right. cool. If that works, like, Brevin Jordan gets a touchdown run. That's awesome. But, like, you probably should have just given it to Cam Harris or, like, or, you know, run a, like, a, thrown a pass to Brevin like and and that was really what I think Lashley did last night he he saw something that worked and he just kept giving the ball to Cam Harris and Cam Harris averaged eight yards a pop like that was it's simple you want to beat UAB I think in the third quarter we saw them figure out what worked they stuck with it for a couple drives they put the game away and then on to Louisville yep yep and 330 game hallelujah yeah we did not talk very much about the defense you want to do like two two minutes on the defense before we wrap up sure i i the defense uh the um i know people were like waiting for a ton of sacks and stuff um look the defense i held them to 80 yards rushing yeah the run defense is great and uab is a good running team like they clearly sold out i mean that's always kind of manny's philosophy right to sell out to sell the stop the run force them to pass and always manny's defense starts really inside yeah it does He's, he's very up on the defensive tackles, always, inside out. Spencer Brown for UAB, who has over 3,000 yards in his career rushing. The mm-hmm. kid's really good, right? You yep. can see how he was. Um, he still got 74 yards, um, but the, he was held to 4.6 to carry. Um, and uh, pretty much nothing else yeah. there. That, 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 and they were... To me, that's the most important thing. You know, they're tackling in the beginning, but that, that happens every first. Yeah, game. honestly, I, I did not think there were a lot of like missed tackles necessarily. It felt like they right. were they were pretty sure in the uh, in the open field. Gilbert Frierson looked pretty good to me. I think he was kind of the right. other than the, you know Quincy obviously had the sack. I think Al Blades looked good. Um, I think Jalen Phillips was getting quite a bit of pressure. They were clearly trying to get the ball out quickly. Oh yeah, definitely. And Quincy Roche is is going to be really good. I, I think they're I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. I think they're going to be good actually. Um and um and linebackers. Um, yeah. Bradley Jennings got a first career start at middle linebacker and had, I think led the team in tackles. Um, yeah, they're really high on him. Yeah. Two, ta- and two tackles for loss also. Um, you know, Amari Carter almost got thrown out again for – that would have been his third. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah, I think third. That sounds right. But I, but but they they said it wasn't targeting, so that was big. Um, yeah, I mean, they, every everybody got in there. I, I 
Yeah, they were rotating a ton, particularly at linebacker, which is kind of interesting because I think we thought McLeod was just going to be like out there all the time. And, you know, right. like Ryan Ragone was getting in, who was a walk on before this year. Like, you know, they, they were mixing a lot of guys in there, um, particularly in the second half once it was away, once it was put away. They had a lot of guys out there. But yeah, I thought um, the defense, uh, the stat that popped out to me, they held them to 3 of 15 on third downs. That was a huge issue last year, right? The third down defense. And, very, very, very big issue. And again, I, I think the, the, even on defense, the just like I, just like we talked about the running backs on defense, uh, I think it's great that they're getting a lot. Of, they're getting a lot of guys in. Get yeah. them in while you can. And and remember, they're um, everybody gets an extra year of eligibility if they want yeah. next season. And no matter what Manny says. I asked him that question uh, last week, you know, is he going to, knowing that the NCAA is letting everyone get in a free year of eligibility next year because of the COVID, COVID, um, you know, is he going to play more freely, kind of everybody, try to get everybody in? And he said, no, he's just worrying about winning each game. But I, I think, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think they do in the back of their minds think that. Yeah, I mean, you I think know? you kind of saw that balance last night, right? Where, like, they maybe were a little right. cute in the first half. You know, it was a close game. They went, you know, all out in the third quarter, ran the offense like they knew would kind of work, got Brevin Jordan right. involved a little bit more instead of spreading it around, you know, really focused in on him. And they put it away, and then they emptied the bench, in, you know, in the fourth quarter. They got, like I said, they got Nikosi out there for, like, the last eight minutes of the game or something. In a, a seventeen-point game, like, like it was over, but but it wasn't over, over. Like you know, there's still that possibility for disaster. Yeah, I think it was like the last four plus minutes on the game yeah. clock. But 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 that was the other thing. Glad you brought that up. That I was really, you know, get the pull out, which UM hasn't done enough in the past. You know, mm-hmm. to me, pull out the starter quarterback if you want to preserve his health yeah especially when he's a guy like uh Derek he's a little small and likes to run yeah, and pull, all that stuff uh, put in put in uh Nicosi because you never know when you're going to need him get, get get him keep him involved get, get him involved engaged it's been so long since they played you know yeah. um last stat I want to throw at you you're going to like this one only three penalties for 27 yards That's pretty good. I I, I, I said that last year they were among the worst teams in the nation for penalties per game, for total penalties, you know, for everything. And three penalties. I think they had one personal foul. Um, I don't think. Did they have any holding? Maybe one hold. Was that declined or something? One of them was declined. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they had a holding in the fourth quarter on Brevin. They had no pre-snap penalties, I know, which was, you know, considering this offensive line is pretty, you know, a lot of moving pieces in there, and it was such an issue. Um, it was pretty good. Oh, the one bad penalty was Quincy jumping on that offsides on fourth down. Oh, yeah. Right. I didn't see the replay of that, but I know people were upset with that, apparently. Like, it could have gone either way. It could have been a false start, potentially. But either way, bad penalty. Otherwise, pretty good. I mean, about what you you wanted to see from the opener. Just big picture. Better than good in the opener. Better. 
because they were so much more talented than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And they played, you know, they played very hard and it was a different game. It was totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of always been the, like kind of the criticism is right. That the, the Miami teams try to act like the Miami teams of old when they haven't, you know, when they haven't accomplished anything basically. And part of that yeah, is that, you know, the penalties and all that stuff. They've gotten away from that. You know, that's, that's what they have to do to, to be good. Right. Is, you know, yeah, be yourselves. Definitely, thankfully, by the way, it was so embarrassing. Yeah. Like the the stuff that Miami did in the years. Um, I don't know, like maybe like the I don't late two thousand, basically. Yeah. Out, out golden, yeah. uh, and years. Not, not, no. I don't know what kind of reflection it is on the coach, but they, it is somewhat a reflection. Yeah, and the. You know, that they go to the middle of the field and, yeah. you know, try to, you know, go yeah. with the other team and, uh, you know, acting like they were so much better than they were, then they'd get killed on, yeah. in the game. And it was so embarrassing. Yeah. Were you, were you excited to see uh, Ed Reed on the sidelines? Yeah. We didn't was know I, if he was, was going to be there, but. on the sideline the whole game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he was, yeah. Hanging Ed out with, Reed. like, the, uh, with, like, Feely and, you know, the non-coaches, you know, the the non-game day coaches. He was, like, hanging out with all those guys, it looked like. Cooney I love Ed. And, all those and he's guys. so smart. He's so smart, David. Uh, he is so, what a great mind. Yeah, I'm sure I mean, Manny Diaz is having a meeting with him today asking everything he saw. Oh, my God. He's so good. Yeah, he, he just, oh, Lord, he knew when he played, he knew exactly where the ball was going to be, and uh, and he did unbelievable homework on, on patterns of people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, tendencies and stuff. Oh, my God, that guy was so good. Just smart as anything, and he wants to be a coach, he'll be a great coach. Yeah. All right, uh, I think we can wrap things up there. Um Thanks, as always, for listening. You can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. Uh, as we were talking, I think a post story just got posted about uh, kind of recapping what happened last night uh, through the eyes of Derek King. Um, obviously, we, it is a busy time of year in the Miami sports scene um, between yeah. Miami kicking off last night, the Dolphins kick off Sunday, the Heat yeah. is in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Marlins are in a playoff race, um, high school football kicks off tonight. So just go to MiamiHerald.com. We have all of it covered to a crazy degree. Um, yeah. You just know, go to the website. We've got five podcasts now. Podcasts every day for each of our – for four different teams, Miami, the Heat, uh, the Dolphins, Marlins, and the Greg Cody Show every Monday. So subscribe to the feed. Um, go to MiamiHerald.com. We've got it all for you. All right, thanks as always for listening, guys, and uh, we will talk to you next week. With, with, I'm sure, more news. Yes, I'm sure. Okay, take care. See ya.